0: Entering the Freedom
1: Hut. Impeachment 2.0 is a disaster. Trump says this is the continuation of a witch hunt. Liz Cheney and Mitch McConnell break ranks with him. Mike Pence won't invoke the 25th Amendment. And Los Angeles wants you to wear a mask inside your own home.
0: Buck Sexton. Mission decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One, all, make no mistake. America. Great. You're a great American. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Former CIA analyst. Former member of NYPD. I I can speak for three hours without a phone call. Try doing
1: that sometime.
2: It is Buck Sexton. No.
1: This is not going to help. Let's be very clear about that. This move by Democrats underway right now to impeach and remove the president of the United States with seven days left to go in office is unfair it's unhelpful it's hypocritical when you look at the charges and what they're saying this This isn't based upon and, and you have to you have to be very clear you have to really look at what's happening because they're going to misdirect you, they're going to lie to you. This is not based on just Trump uh using rhetoric and saying things about the election that were not true Uh, this is about insurrection incitement to insurrection they say that's what they're really going after trump for they are claiming that the president of the united states told that mob on capitol hill to ransack and and attack the united states capitol while it was certifying the election now you can go back yourself look at the transcript or watch the speech on video that Trump gave, he did not say that. That's just not true. They can keep repeating this as much as they want. They can claim that Trump was, you know, the the head of this terrorist organization that tried to seize the Capitol. He never said anything that you could claim in a court, for example, reasonably, would lead someone to, Acts of imminent violence. And that's what incitement would have to be. Now, let's also remember, if the new standard were to operate under is that politicians who say reckless and untrue things are responsible for the acts of any person who acts upon what they're saying on their own accord and breaks the law. We got a lot of Democrats who need to be locked up For incitement to riot over BLM because they were telling the public constantly that police officers are racists who murder people who murder unarmed black men for no reason other than their own bigotry and and disgraceful soul. Right. That's it. That's what their line, the the foundation of Black Lives Matter is built upon a lie that cops kill unarmed black men without consequence routinely and systematically in this country. That's not true. It's not that it never happens. And we all agree that when it does happen, it's highly uh, uh, unjust and wrong and evil. But to impugn all the almost million law enforcement officers in this country, police officers, to impugn them over this. And to suggest that this is widespread, it is a part of the system and therefore everyone within the system is tainted by it is a lie. We have 330 million people in this country and you have less than 100 unarmed black men shot in 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 recent years. When you look at the statistics, that is a very, very small number. Every single one of those when it's an unjust shooting is a tragedy. But the Democrats lie about this all the time. And it has resulted in not one, but hundreds of riots and violent incidents and destruction of property and police officers being executed, being murdered in their cars. That's the result of the rhetoric that is deployed routinely by the left. So we're going to we, we've got to take this piece by piece. If you're telling me that Trump is responsible for the violence that came from a sm- a, a a small group compared to the overall group of protesters in D.C., right? It was perhaps a couple of thousand, and we estimate at least 100,000, people say a lot more, who knows, protested lawfully in D.C., 2,000 or so. We don't have exact numbers here. But they made a, a horrible, you know, egregious error and should be punished for it. But you'll notice I will say that I'll say that even though I know it upsets a lot of people who agree with me on a whole lot of things politically, but I truly believe that this is a moral question. The left, the Democrats, when it comes to BLM and Antifa, they will not treat it as a moral question. They will treat those riots and that violence as a question of political expediency and they will excuse it. They will downplay it. They will ignore it. They will quote, mostly peaceful protest it. That's what they do. So now we're supposed to take lectures from them about incitement. I mentioned to you that there was a Bernie Sanders supporter who tried just a few years ago to murder The most conservative members of Congress he could find, he he tracked them down. He scouted out the location and with a semiotic rifle, he almost killed Steve Scalise. He hit him. He tried to kill Senator Rand Paul. He was an avowed Democrat and a Bernie Sanders supporter who was yelling, this is for health care. Now, you can say and I and I would say this is fair. Bernie Sanders did not tell anyone to go engage in violence but Bernie Sanders, along with the Democrats, routinely say things like Republicans don't care about the poor. They don't care about people dying from lack of health care. Well, if somebody really believes that and they decide that they're going to make that a moral question, if they think that that's true, that Republicans really don't care if people die in agony because of lack of access to health care, because Republicans are so greedy and hate the poor, you know, whatever nonsense leftism They're going to spread about this. There will be individuals who decide to take violent action. We don't hold Bernie Sanders responsible for that, do we? That's exactly what's being done to President Trump. Look, the, the rhetoric about the election went too far. If you're going to say, I won, you have to be able to prove it. Joe Biden, as of as of what we've seen in recently, it's not even as of today, Joe Biden has won the election full stop. Who knows what the future will bring? Maybe we'll find out more information. Joe Biden won this election. And Trump went too far in the claims about how it was. It wasn't even just that there was some fraud and we're going to find it. It was it was a landslide for Trump. That's what he was saying. Now, we can criticize that. And I know there's a tremendous disappointment for Trump personally, as well as for all of his supporters around this. There was disappointment for me. I I feel what you are feeling with regard to the sense of of loss for the future of the country that we're now going to have. A Biden administration that I think is going to make everybody less free, poorer, more divided, more angry. I, I think this will be bad. But I do respect the system that we have. And once you start saying, well, I don't care anymore, Buck," we got to get rid of this or or overthrow this. Understand what you're really talking about. That's a a grave step. And we are not there. We can still work within the system we have. I implore you, please. Everyone out there listening all across the country, there are a lot of you. Don't give up hope. And don't forget who you are. We will work within this system. I'm seeing these, these stories about you know, armed protests, the day before the inauguration. I, I know that you can tell me about what happened at Trump's inauguration. I, I'm quite aware of it. They burned that uh, limousine in the streets, anarchic riots. That's disgusting. It's awful. It's wrong. We are not them. Now, if people are going to peacefully and lawfully protest, of course, fine. I get it, support it. But I start seeing this change in the rhetoric. You know, this is not what I, what I remember from the Tea Party of we're all going to show up and have our voices heard. There's another element that's entering into this where people are suggesting we have to abandon the system. And that's not I, I strongly disagree. And I think that that's a that's a a very dangerous and destructive path. So, there should be no, we should not allow that. And let me just tell you this right now the Democrats are coming into power. You know what would help them further suppress speech and freedom more than anything else? If a few idiots really cross the line again, plays right into the Democrats' hands. They're already talking about using counterterrorism law against conservatives. They're already talking about this, they'll do it. They'll do it, and so let's not give these authoritarians an excuse for further overreach. Now, all of that said, I'm saying we have to stay within the system. Democrats are abusing the system; they are hurting the process set forward for impeachment and removal from office. Uh, they're they're intentionally going around the way it's supposed to work there's they're moving past the judiciary they're they're going right to let's let's get to the floor vote let's let's ram this thing through as quickly as possible to what end why do this trump lost the election he's done he's done in a week what purpose would it serve for the american people right now other than to be a slap in the face of the 74 million people who voted for trump on uh, in this past November and the 60 some odd million that voted for him back in 2016. It, it's meant to humiliate and, and undermine. No one thinks Trump's not leaving. Trump knows he's leaving now. It's over. So why do this? Why kick a man when he's down? Well, this is where I say they are going around and they're trying to ram home their advantage. They want Retribution. They want retribution, not just against Trump, against Trump supporters. And I do believe that Republicans need to need to stay clear eyed on this one and not give in to the Democrat mob, not give in to at this stage. What possible benefit could there be? To to repudiate the president and his and his whole legacy, uh, I remember until the covid pandemic and the Democrats exploiting that issue to to the maximum and making us all as miserable and terrified as possible. But until that came along, the country did very well for three years of Trump's presidency. Things were good. They can lie about it as much as they want. I remember things were good. And the president was overall a very strong president for three years. The fourth year, things changed. The fourth year we had covid and we had lockdowns and the whole mood of the country changed. What does what does it tell the American people right now? If with a week left to go, this this president is is removed, is removed by this congressional procedure, the the people who say there need to be accountability. He lost the election. If they want to have a vote of censure, that's reasonable and within the process. But to remove with only a week left because they say he's in imminent danger. I, I think that's I think that's vindictive and I think it's excessive and I think it's all base. Remember, they're not even just making the claim that he lied about the election because Nancy Pelosi lied about the 2016 election. Oh, it was hijacked. The Democrats spent four years lying about what happened in 2016 and Russia collusion and all this insanity from them. Big tech didn't crack down on them. No, no votes of censure against them. None of them lost their jobs, either in the media or in politics, for openly and repeatedly lying to your faces, America, for years about Russia collusion. So I don't want to hear that. Oh, Trump's comments about the election. They still say the Democrats still say the Georgia gubernatorial election was stolen from Stacey Abrams. They do this all the time. They objected to more states in 2017 as certification than the Republicans were in this election. So this, is, this should not be about, oh, we don't like what Trump said about the election, therefore he should be impeached and removed from office, because look what the Democrats were saying about it. This is about incitement to insurrection. That's why they go for that charge. And on that charge, we need to be very precise, and we need to stand firm on principle. The president cannot be held responsible for the actions of a mob that he did not direct. He did not say, go break the law. He did not say, go attack people. Was, was his rhetoric overheated about the election? Should he have been more measured? Should he have stayed within the, the confines of what the evidence he had And could present was. Yes. But is he directly responsible for the uh, for the riot in Capitol Hill? That's if if we make that connection, there are Democrats who have. Lots more riots and violence and, and deaths, including deaths of police officers to answer for because of the incitement of the BLM and Antifa mobs we've seen in the last 12 months. That's the truth. There is no good reason to remove the president from office right now. He's gone in a week.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: On the impeachment, it's really a continuation Of the greatest witch hunt in the history of politics, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This impeachment is causing tremendous anger. And you're doing it, and it's really a terrible thing that they're doing. For Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to continue on this path, I think it's causing tremendous danger to our country, and it's causing tremendous anger.
0: I want no violence.
1: I want no violence, he says. He keeps saying to remain peaceful, but that doesn't ever get accounted for in the media's discussions about this. They blame him for everything. He brings up the witch hunt. Russia collusion was a witch hunt. It was disgraceful. It was dishonest. And it was used to harm the Trump presidency, uh, unfortunately, with with substantial effect. And therefore, it, it really hurt the American people because bitter. And vicious Democrats were willing to work in in clear collusion with the media to lie and lie and lie about it. So I I think we should all we should all see this for for what it is. They've been trying to remove this president through some mechanism from the very beginning, even if they had to lie about it entirely. Don't we think we should take that into account now? There is something of a of a cry wolf scenario here that we should be aware of. They keep saying that Trump is a clear and present danger, a clear and present danger. Now we have had a terrible incident at Capitol Hill and they're trying to place it all on Trump's shoulders. I'm not saying that there aren't reasons to criticize the president post this election. There are. But to say that he is responsible for the riot and that he must be removed from office with one week left to go because of this seems much more. A continuation of the Democrat mania to remove him than an actual fair minded assessment of what his culpability is in the uh, the violent riot and Capitol Hill. That's where we really are. And that's where we should say, no, no, we won't give the Democrat left what it wants here. It's not in the interest of the country.
0: Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Understand that the Democrats are not planning on limiting the reprisals to Trump and his family. They want to create the underlying legal architecture to come after you if you stand For the Trump movement, if you continue to push conservative ideas that are in opposition to the Biden Harris administration, they want to find ways to go after and silence you. Now, they will say, of course, no, we only we only want to stop domestic terrorists and and insurrectionists. Really? Look at the way that they've used the term white supremacy now as as a catch all term for essentially. Anything opposed to what the left claims is social justice is now called white supremacy. Anything that you can point to and say, well, well, hold on a second, that I, I disagree with this racially conscious policy as the Supreme Court referred to it in a in a relatively recent decision, the racial entitlement state that you should not make determinations of law based upon skin color or ethnicity. That that's wrong. It's a violation of the equal protection clause. That's white supremacy. Now everything is white supremacy, and they do that because it's a useful tactic to frighten people and to attack people who are not actually, of course, white supremacists. White supremacists, but are people who oppose your politics and want to stop you. And while we're sitting here uh, having our discussion about the constitutional processes now that the Democrats are really running roughshod over by, they're they're jumping. Pass the normal procedure even for an impeachment. They're trying to leverage the threat of impeachment to use the 25th Amendment against the president. He, here's what Trump says about that, by the way. Play one. Free speech is under assault like never before. The 25th Amendment is of zero risk to me, but will come back to haunt Joe Biden and the Biden administration. As the expression goes, be careful.
0: What you wish for.
1: Saying something that a lot of us have been alluding to for some time here, uh, whereby the, the easy path out for Joe Biden at any point in his presidency will be to step down. And or there are some who believe that they will just claim that the 25th Amendment means that he's no longer of sound mind. And this is because of his age and no one who knows anything about the kind of decline that people can have that we are all heading for as we age. No one can say that this is an unrealistic possibility. So Trump is pointing out you may actually have a 25th Amendment invocation about Joe Biden because, yes, he, he, he could. And let me be very clear. I wish for the health of the president of the United States. I wish for the the good health and longevity and safety of every president of the United States. Period. Now. Joe Biden is of an age, though, where there is a concern about his health over the eight years of his term. So Trump is making reference to, you know, I wonder if Democrats in the 25th Amendment, if this may be there may be some historic uh, irony here in their constant attempts to use it as a weapon of politics when that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be infirmity to do the job, really a, a physical, physiological condition. It's not just, we don't like you, we're going to use the 25th Amendment to remove you. So he points that out. H- how overheated, how overheated is the rhetoric that you're hearing? You know, because right now, and a lot of a lot of conservative channels and everything, a, a lot of places that you would turn for news, they're, they're having a very hard time. The ratings are plummeting. Uh, a, a lot of people on the right don't want to hear about these things. They don't want to And look, I understand that in in the sense that there's not a lot of good news right now to share. I'm looking for it. I'm trying. I'm finding I'm squeezing every silver lining I can. I'm doing whatever I can to give a full context and perspective to what's going on in the country right now. But I I will not lie to you, as you know, and I think that this is this is a dark and dangerous time. Um, But if you want to understand how much worse it can get, if you want to understand what's really at at issue here Um, if we continue in this in this direction especially when this is all happening we still have a Republican president Republican executive branch Uh, that's about to change folks that's about to change so we need to be aware of what's coming Uh, CNN has among the worst national security analysts of of any place I can think of and I'm including third-tier think tanks and. Yeah, you know, academia and I mean, CNN and I know because I essentially was one of them for for two years, uh, that's that CNN does employ some of the dumbest people on national security you'll ever find. And they say exactly what that audience wants to hear. And they and they try to filter it through this prism of I went to, you know, I, I, the, the Kennedy School, which we I mean, come on, who cares? You know, you look at these places, these institutions of higher learning, we're all supposed to be so impressed. You know the same way that conservatives don't get a fair shake in social media? And and we all know that now. They used to deny it, but it's true. Conservatives also, if you're if you're right of center, you will not get a fair shake in academia, especially a humanities program, international relations programs. No, no, no. You you have to be at least a a Democrat, if not a leftist, if not an outright leftist if you want to excel in those places. So you're supposed to believe that the credentials that some of these people have makes what they're saying not moronic. I'm here to tell you, no, it's quite moronic. And here's a very good example of that. It's a national security analyst, Juliette Um, uh, she She's somebody who has said some of the dumbest things imaginable on air, even when, uh, I'll never forget this, she, she claimed that I was putting troops in danger overseas because by criticizing Obama administration for... She did this on TV. Criticizing Obama administration foreign policy uh, that th- our, our enemies would be emboldened to attack our soldiers. I know, oh, that's, that's a really clever formulation. So if I don't like Obama's... Uh, you know, with withdrawal plan that never actually happened in Afghanistan. Right. Or if I have any criticism of Obama, I'm helping our you're doing bin Laden's work. That was basically the line. Of course, then bin Laden got killed. But, you know, you're doing Al Qaeda's work for them. They would they would try stuff like this. So that I had this exchange with this woman years ago. I'll never forget it. And I said to her, excuse me, I've actually served on military bases as a civilian CIA advisor. And ridden around with them in Humvees and helicopters, and tried to help in the war effort as an analyst. Always very clear about this. But I actually took some risk and have deep respect for the military and the much greater risks that they were taking in the war zone on a daily basis. I'm not going to hear this crap from this clown because oh, I teach at the Kennedy School or whatever. It means nothing. It means nothing. Look, there's a woman who teaches at Yale. Uh, Ms. Asha Rangapa, who is like a chief Russia truth or collusion person. Never repudiated, just saying idiotic stuff, a completely unproved. But she was a Comeyite. She was one of James Comey's disciples. So they hired her at CNN. And this is what you get. Now, you might be saying, Buck, why does all this matter? Because they are inciting the CNN audience against all of you. They were doing it with Russia collusion. All these national security analysts. And now they're taking it even a step further. This is what was said on national TV about you, not, not just Trump, about you with no pushback from the anchor, no effort to try to give any nuance or clarification here. Play clip two.
2: And I think what we have to remember is Trump is the um, spiritual, but I will also say operational leader of this domestic terrorism effort. He tells them where to go. He tells them what to do. He tells them why they're angry. Um, and so uh, we need to start at the top, like any counterterrorism effort, which is total isolation of the president of the United States. Impeachment, yes. Twenty-fifth Amendment, yes. Deplatforming, yes. All of the above. No money. No access to campaign funds. A complete isolation because. Because as the leader of a terrorist organization is viewed as a loser, as a not winner, it is harder for him to recruit. Look, he's going to have his radical elements. We will arrest them. We will isolate them. Uh, But what we have to make sure is that Donald Trump does not have a second act. I know I sound incredibly harsh right now calling the president uh, this. But we are in the tactical response right now enough with the let's unity and stuff this is a tactical effort right now to make sure that we protect american citizens and of course the next president of the united states
1: jim shooter there yeah yeah that's right He's he's that's right he's the this was the quote the spiritual leader for domestic terrorists what what do we do with spiritual leaders of other terrorist groups think about the implications of what this woman is saying on national tv Yep, yep, Jim Shudo, Yes, yes, uh, it was very, very, very bright. Very, she's honestly, she's a clown and an imbecile, but elevated. A lot of people heard that. If he's the leader of a domestic terrorist group, what does that make anyone who's voted for him? What does that mean for your civil rights, your civil liberties going forward? This is what they are saying right now, and Republicans think, and this is this is something I meant to get to earlier some Republicans, I should say. I mean, we've got, you've got a handful of them who are going along with this impeachment effort, who want to be a part of it. They think that casting Trump out now is going to put the country back on a pathway to better political, spiritual, and, and legal health. I mean, that's going to put us back on, on track. Are they out of their minds? It makes everything worse. They should know that there shouldn't be any any doubt that this would just this this would give so much more oxygen to the very small but unfortunately significant enough contingent on the far right that creates all these crazy conspiracy theories and oh there's all this stuff going on with the lizard people and the and the pedophile rings at the top of the government and all this all this stuff gets elevated if at this stage republicans go along with this President is gone. No, no one is going to abide by an order the president gives that would put Americans in danger right now. We all know that. Mike Pence won't allow it. Others won't allow it. It's not going to happen. And the president's not going to do it. Look, he went too far with the election challenge stuff. We we need to come to grips with that. But he did not incite and direct a domestic terrorist attack on the Capitol. That's just not true. Now, that's not saying that what happened to the Capitol wasn't a an illegal and awful riot. It was, and there are people. Look, I'm. It, it saddens me that for saying that, I've got I've got uh, people that are saying they're not. They're gonna tune me out, or they don't. Oh well, yeah, who who are they gonna turn to? They're gonna turn to people who. Spent the last four years just doing nothing, but everything Trump did was, was brilliant and genius. Everything Trump did, he gets a back rub for. It was amazing. Is that who we are as, as conservatives? Do, do we have principles and ideas? Do we care about the founding and the Constitution, or is it all just about Trump? Those of you who are still staying and listening, you know it, it is about all those things. It's not just about Trump. Trump was the vessel. Trump was the, the tool for achieving goals that we have. It wasn't all about this one man. He's flawed. Any human being, any man, woman is flawed. We know that. And he made mistakes. And I'm not going to pretend he didn't. Certainly in this post-election period, but before that as well. But we can't allow. You see, this is what the left always does. You know, there's there's a surge at the southern border. Uh, The laws on the books say you arrest people who are coming to the country illegally. The Trump administration is executing the laws as they're written. That means there are families that are being separated. There's no uh, there's no facilities built that can hold them all together at the time. And instead of saying, hold on, we really don't want to, which the administration did, but instead of saying, hold on, we don't want to separate moms from their kids, even for illegal crossings and everything, we, we should keep family units together. And, and th- that's a reasonable position. And it was the one the administration took. When this issue, when this issue came up uh, with pushback, and I understand that, but they jumped to, oh, it's like Nazi concentration camps at the border. They jumped to the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement and Border Patrol are like the SS. They were saying stuff like this. You remember that? Same, same kind of ideas at work here. There was a problem with the post-election rhetoric and the continuation. I supported all the legal challenges, everything that was within the system and lawful. I wanted answers to, and I, I still want some answers. I still have questions uh, about how certain things happened in this election. I'm, that hasn't changed. For those of you that keep saying, Buck, what about the answers? I want the answers. But we we exhausted the legal options and the clock that we had. That's where it ended. But they're trying to take this and make it so much more and we you have to remember it's not just about trump this is about this is about expanding the punishment the punitive nature of all this is for everybody who's not on board with biden harris 2021 that means you that means me
0: do not forget it You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show Podcast. Any of those who are inside the Capitol should not be able to fly and should be placed on the no-fly list. We are
1: calling on the authorities, FBI, TSA, Department of
0: Homeland Security to put them on the no-fly list immediately. Amidst the continued threat of future violence, online... The federal government's own concerns, I spoke to Director Ray about this twice in the last few days, we cannot allow these same insurrectionists
1: to get on a plane and cause more violence and more damage. These individuals are threat to the homeland
0: as defined by the law. The law allows this, and they should be placed on the no-fly list.
1: Without any due process... Chuck Schumer, soon or now rather current Senate Majority Leader, without any due process, Chuck Schumer wants American citizens to have uh, rights taken away from them. Now, I, I want to know, does every, does everyone who is at the Capitol, but not necessarily involved in attacking or destroying or trespassing, do they go, who, who goes on this list, Senator Schumer? You're going to put American citizens who have had no due process, no trial, no nothing on the no fly list. This is the expansion of the war on terror effort we used against Al Qaeda, which was an existential threat to the country, as you recall, from what happened on 9-11 and the other plots as well. This is the expansion of that apparatus to include
0: Trump supporters. That's what the Democrats have planned here. Thanks for listening to the Bus, Sex and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. My main
1: man, Jesse Kelly, is in the house. He is the host of I'm Right with Jesse Kelly on the first TV. You can download the first TV app. It's all about free speech. Watch it anytime. And also the host of the Jesse Kelly show in radio syndication. Mr. Kelly, good to have you. It's good to be here, Buck. It's good to be in a V-neck once again. I just feel more alive. So what do you see happening across the country right now with this focus, of course, on what's going on in D.C.? But what what is this political moment we're in?
3: Uh, we're in one of the most out-of-touch political moments I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, I don't understand it. I understand Washington, D.C. is a bubble. I lived there for a year. I know you've lived there. It is a bubble and it really is. You exist in your own world and you're unaware of how real people think. I don't think it's ever been as dangerous of a bubble as it is right now, and this is what I mean. There is such a hatred and anger building out there, especially on the right. They, they, they Trump was a response of all that hatred and anger. And then they spent four years getting called Nazis. They spent four years getting murdered, assaulted, looted. And now we're moving that stuff into legislation. So the, the hatred on the right has never been higher. We saw it with that disaster in the Capitol last week. It's never been higher, this anger. And the people in D.C. are either unaware of that or don't care because they're taking each and every step they could possibly take to light a match and drop it in the powder keg. I've never seen it. And I, I've said this a million times, Buck. I don't want anybody to get hurt, not on the left, not on the right, nobody. I, I don't like political violence. is just, just awful somebody's going to die in this country if somebody doesn't turn down the temperature. We've already had people die. Someone's going to die if we if somebody doesn't step up and actually try to calm things down and impeaching the president again is not calming things down.
1: What do you think the the calculations are for those Republicans uh, in the Congress who are going along with this? I, I see this and I think, is it that they believe that there's a, a political advantage for them down the line in this? Because I, I think that would ha- they that's a miscalculation on that front. And then beyond that, on the moral side of it, to me, they're going along with the notion that Trump called for an insurrection. I mean, th- there are prominent Democrats who are saying that Trump is effectively the leader of a terrorist organization now. And, and Republicans want to play along with that.
3: Well, well, look, I think, and again, this is
1: goes back to my bubble
3: miscalculation thing. Obviously, as you well know, you talk about this all the time on your great shows, that there's a certain segment of the Republican Party, probably a significant segment, that really hates Donald Trump. Many of them have been quiet about it for four years because you didn't want to go head to head and get blasted on Twitter, but they really hate Donald Trump. They've hated the whole thing. They've been dying for it to just go away so we could go back to how things were. And I think they are viewing that thing at the Capitol as an opportunity to finally be rid of him. They're worried even once he's not president anymore, he's gonna carry a big stick, he's gonna run things, and they wanna stop that and cut it off. But they don't realize that the Trumpism, if you wanna call it that, or the Trump movement, is about so much more than Donald Trump. It's about way more than that. You could get rid of the man tomorrow and send him to the moon. And the, the movement that brought him still remains and these people are now madder than they were before they're not less mad they're
1: madder. do you think that the elect the election uh dispute which as we know it's, it's i mean it's over now in in the process ends but there's still a lot of people who have their feelings and they're being told by big tech and others you're not allowed to disagree with the outcome uh publicly you're not allowed to say that you think that this was uh, illegitimate you're not allowed to say that which is i think a Uh, A really interesting precedent considering Stacey Abrams in Georgia, the Democrats for the presidential election in 2016. All of a sudden, you have to say you have to bend the knee and say this or else. But putting that putting that aside for a second, do you think that it was really was the election, the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people? Or was it just, you know, an, an entry into a new level of disaffection and anger because of what the implications were?
3: Oh, I think it jumped everything up significantly. It jumped everything up significantly. I mean, these, these movements, this anger, it can go like this, but it has these moments where it goes vertical, and that is certainly a moment where it went vertical. But I should be clear, the anger out there is not, and like I just said, it's not about Trump. It's not just about the election either. Yeah, that cranked it up a whole bunch more, but it's about more than that. It, people do feel, a large portion of this society does feel that this election was stolen, that there's a bunch of election fraud out there. And you can tell all those people they're right. You can tell all those people they're crazy. But whatever you can't do is change their minds at this point in time. But I promise you this, poking them all in the ribs and lecturing them all day long about how stupid they are and then impeaching the man they think they just reelected is the worst thing you could possibly do if you're trying to unite the country.
1: Speaking to uh, my friend Jesse Kelly, he's the host of "I'm Right" with Jesse Kelly on the first TV and also the Jesse Kelly radio show. Jesse, what do we what do we do now? I keep asking people that whose opinions I, I respect on this, and I, I think it's a, a it's it's a, not an easy question, but I, I want to get as many perspectives on it as I can because I think one of the issues we have right now is people are writing me and they're saying we've lost the Senate, we don't have the House, we've lost the presidency. The media is all against us. Big tech is all against us. Corporate America is all against us. We talk about about fighting back politically. Uh, How do we even do that right now? And and it seems that I I try to just counsel. Right. uh, The the best I can come up with is is patience. It will you know, this this moment will pass. Do you have anything for the folks that feel that way? Well, what, what should they be thinking?
3: i do actually i I do Uh, you ever i'm sure you probably are read up on it because you're one of these fancy cia types about how mao actually managed to take over china and i realize we're not Mao fans i would certainly hope not but he didn't start in the big sexy cities he started in the countryside he started with the peasants he started with the farmers and that's where he started conquer this little area and that little area i think we're looking right now we're looking we don't have the presidency we don't have the house we don't have the senate and all is lost but What's your city council look like? What does your school board look like? What's your mayor look like? What's your state house seat? What's your state senate seat look like? These races, there are so many easily winnable races out there, if we would identify them and go after them and Democrats do that great. Your local politics, we can start there. It doesn't have to be the sexy United States Senate. Start local anyway, then you can still live your life and be on the school board and start affecting change. That's how Democrats, that's how they won the culture war. I mean, we lost this culture war in like 80 years because they got into school boards. They got into city council offices. They're changing things locally. They took over the DAs. Why do you think none of the Black Lives Matter Antifa scumbags got charged and every one of those guys in the Capitol building is going to have the book thrown at them? Because they identify DA races. That's where we can go. We're not powerless. The power is just shifted. We have to focus on easier things,
1: softer targets. We seem to on our side because our, our ideology and I, I think it goes very deeply. It's it's almost a, 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 a feature of the conservative mind is that we don't want to bother other people and we don't want to be bothered. So I think we have a natural I think conservatives have a natural inclination to say, look, if you know, if, if you're going to be. The crazies who show up at the at the school board meetings and demand, you know, all the social justice stuff. I just, you know, I, I can't handle this. Like, I just want to go back to my family and my job. Leave me alone. And I, and I understand and I sympathize with that. I mean, I, I don't like dealing with with crazy either. But I think to your point about the the way that we've ceded so much territory over time, what you find is that that mentality, their desire, their innate desire to control institutions and to control others with those institutions has been remarkably successful. As we look at academia, big tech, the school systems, Hollywood. I mean, you go down the list. I mean, corporate America now, we we always hear about Wall Street and big business as though there are all these fat cat Republicans smoking cigars who run these companies. If you see the, the public statements that are being put out all the time that are clearly political in nature, from the biggest companies in America, nine times out of ten, it's like a Nancy Pelosi press release. But they got the schools, Buck.
3: They got the schools. they everybody knows in war, you control the supply lines, you win the war. They control the supply lines, four million college graduates a year. Think how many generations, entire generations now, have been educated in America's America sucks anti-education system. That's what we have. And yesterday's hippie college radical you laughed at on the corner, he's today's senator, he's today's CEO. These guys are so so nuts at these big corporations, they'll have gigantic meetings about corporate social responsibility and where you think they're all in there in fancy ties and going over pie graphs and we spent this much on the overhead and we have to drop this they're in there talking about when's the last time we did a transgender campaign we need to get kids involved this time too they're having these meetings at the highest levels because we lost the schools man once we lost the schools we lost we have to start taking those back or or all the rest of this is just rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic
1: it's not easy to give this president advice I've actually tried once or twice uh what would you like to see putting aside whether he would take it what would you want to see the president do from here on out what's what's the most helpful what's the most helpful approach he could have for uh for the country
3: I think he should step away for a little while and I don't say that because I want him gone I say that for his own mental health I think if I were Donald Trump to try to Let everyone miss me a little bit. You know what they say. I mean, always leave them wanting more. I would peace out of the White House in, what is it, six days when he's gone? And I'd be on a boat in the Mediterranean for about four or five months eating grapes with my supermodel wife. And then I'd show back up with a big Trump rally about, you know, six months to a year later. I would get away. You know what? Let everybody find out what these D.C. Republicans are like. Let everyone find out when I'm not there to take all the slings and arrows for you. You, Y'all go enjoy it. Because then you can come back and you'll look like the return of Christ, with all due respect, Lord.
1: You think anyone is going to step up here from the GOP ranks in a way that's really meaningful? I'm looking around and clearly the fact that the left hates Cruz and Hawley so much is is an indicator, uh, you know, is a check mark in the plus column for me, for those guys. Uh, And the fact they want to put them on the no fly list as if if they're, you know, bin Laden's uh, bin Laden's agents. Um, But what what do you what do you see as as the future of the party? I don't mean five years from now. I mean, for the next six to 12 months.
3: Oh, I I think Ron DeSantis is about to become the next nominee for the Republican presidency. I, I think he's about to lock it down. When you saw immediately the response to, you know, the big tech censorship of Trump was every Republican whimpering and let's impeach him and all these other things. What does Ron DeSantis do? He comes out and starts divesting state funds from Apple and Google and all these places. He comes out and fires back. And you can hate Ron DeSantis. You can disagree with that. But that is a man very much in touch with how the Republican base feels. Ron DeSantis at this point in time is the leader by a mile in the clubhouse to be the Republican nominee for 2024. I think you're going to hear him be really loud over the next four years because if he's got any political instincts at all, he knows it's his to lose right
1: now. I'm speaking to Jesse Kelly, host of I'm Right with Jesse Kelly on the First TV. Uh, Jesse, yeah, you're a Texan, and your governor has been, I would say, mediocre at best during the lockdowns I mean, maybe maybe a little bit better than uh, like Newsom and Cuomo DeSantis in Florida has has shown I think the the best results for his state under the circumstances I believe and you and I have been discussing this both together and and our, on our respective shows from the very beginning that we we have a major battle ahead because there's going to be this lingering lockdown effect. That even as the vaccines are out there and even as we're even as the numbers, they will look, the numbers would come down even if we did nothing. Right. They would come down in because of just all the people that would have already been infected by probably April or May, which is what we saw last year. The seasonality of this virus is quite clear. But as the numbers go down and as we have more and more vaccine, we're going to have we're going to have to battle against efforts. And with the federal government now fully on board to just. Sort of continue this hyper-controlled state that we're in. And I think we're going to have to mount a really serious pushback against this.
3: Oh, it's not going away. Because because this is what's going to happen, Buck. There are too many people highly invested in coronavirus being real because coronavirus, well, I'm not saying it's false, but in coronavirus being, you know, the worst thing in the world, we have to lock everything down because coronavirus has, A, allowed them to crush traditionally Republican things like small businesses, churches, and things like that, and B, who wants to give up the TV time? But the big thing now, Buck, is it's going to allow them to pass bills they'd never be able to get through before. People are mad about that last coronavirus jerk bill they passed through where we all got six hundred dollars, and they sent a bunch of money to Pakistan. You people better buckle up. That's as good as those bills get. The coronavirus relief bill—they're going to be able to throw anything they want in the next bill and, and call it coronavirus relief, and everybody's going to pass it because nobody wants to be the guy who's against coronavirus relief. They're going to pass five more of those. It's funny you, you say want.
1: this because I've already—I've—I've I've been telling everybody if if Republicans try anything to stop. The, what will be the most I mean, it's going to be like the the drunken sailor. No offense, Navy, the drunken sailor, you know, with the with the checkbook out, just just whatever the Democrats want. And if Republicans, let's say, try to stop in the Senate, then, you know, uh, you know what happens. They're going to say, guys, we got to get rid of the filibuster because this coronavirus relief package depends on it. We got to get you the money. So we're going to have to get rid of the filibuster and then it's game on even more.
3: Oh, yeah. It was well, the ultimate. It was the ultimate Trojan horse. And Republicans, look, they didn't realize it early enough. You did. I did. But they did not realize it early enough. They got all on board with the panic. And it took them a month or two before they finally woke up and looked around and realized, oh, wow, the left is going to use this to utterly destroy us. And they are. And I, I don't I don't have something bright and sunny to tell anybody about what the federal government is going to do for the next two years. I, I just don't. There isn't. There isn't good news I can bring you, but I will tell you this. Focus on your local politics, and every once in a while, every once in a while, take this and set it down. Once you're done watching the first, you're done watching Buck for the day, set the phone down. Go play with your kids. You're going to have to learn how to compartmentalize.
1: I mean, I, I completely agree. I, I, mentioned this, I mentioned this on the show earlier in the week that everyone just needs to take a deep breath, focus on what actually matters in your day-to-day life. That doesn't mean to give up on these political fights, but it, you know, there there's only so much any one of us can do individually. You got to become comfortable with that. It's uh, it's going to be a tough ride for the country, certainly for the next two years. Jesse Kelly, everybody, Jesse, great to have you, my friend.
0: Thank you. Appreciate you, boss. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Right now, the Trump Organization profits about $17 million a year from these contracts. They cover four uh, different sites, uh, three in Manhattan, one in the Bronx, uh, different entertainment sites. And uh, look, it's quite clear, uh, the President of the United States directed a mob to attack the U.S. Congress uh, during the Electoral College vote, that's that's I mean, I you know, even saying the words, Mika, it's right. It's almost impossible to believe, but it's criminal activity. And so it's very clear. I mean, the lawyers looked at it, it was just as clear as a bell. Uh, that's grounds for severing these contracts. And we're moving to do that right away.
1: Economic sanctions against Trump post presidency. You're going to see a a lot more of this. Um, They're going to try to take down the entire Trump organization piece by piece, all of it. They're going to try to remove his name from all the buildings that it's on. They are going after not only the man, Donald Trump, and his family and his supporters. But remember, they want to destroy the brand as well. They really they really want to annihilate his name and all of the. Uh, the implications that it had carried of success, of luxury, of all these different things that have been built up. They want to destroy the Trump brand. You're going to see a concerted, a widespread campaign uh, to do this in, in every place where Democrats have control. And I, I don't know how effective the Trump organization is going to be at fighting back um, there. They have There, look. There's a lot of. There's a lot of, uh, of money involved in these deals. There may, maybe people will forget about this. But you think about the luxury real estate market, for example, and the relationships with banks and the, the institutional heft that you need to be able to do the things in private life as, as a businessman that Trump needs to do. They're going to go after it. And I, I don't know how many places once Trump is out of power are going to be willing to withstand that pressure campaign and understand this. If they are able to destroy the Trump brand, it also serves as a warning to everyone else. You're a billionaire who wants to buy a channel and flip it and make it free speech or even conservative in nature. Better think twice about that one. You're a a wealthy donor who wants to support outreach efforts for the GOP to the minority communities for 2022 turnout might want to think that one through again. They're coming after everybody of value. That's their plan.
0: Thanks for listening to the Buck and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our
1: man in D.C. joins us now. Harlan Hill. He is a political consultant and strategist actually works on campaigns and knows the inner workings of the beltway. He's going to tell us what he's seeing and hearing Harlan. Great to have you.
4: And it's great to be with you as always, Buck.
1: What do you make of this stuff that's going on with the impeachment 2.0 fiasco on Capitol Hill? What's what's DC feeling like right now?
4: Well, first i I'll address what the actual vibe in the city's like. Um, obviously everything's been shut down because of COVID, but In addition to that, uh, we've been living through riots all through the summer. Now, uh, during all the BLM riots, um, I had never seen the response that we are currently seeing um, based on the events of last Wednesday. There is military on every corner. You have to show your ID or some proof as to why you're traveling to different parts of downtown Washington DC, the nation's capital. You need to show your papers. You need to show your ID. I had to demonstrate that I was heading home and what my reasons for traveling were last night. They're not because of any curfew, just in the middle of uh, the afternoon. Um, It is unprecedented, the response to last week's events that we're seeing play out in the streets. It's it's almost hysterical. Um, I'm sure you've seen the images of the thousands of National Guard troops quartered in the United States Capitol. Um, We've seen these images play out over the second impeachment, which is absolutely absurd. I mean, the president will be out in a matter of days. So um, it's clear that there's a political calculation here to ruin the president's reputation and to preclude him from running for office at some point in the future. But worse than all of that have been the efforts by the Democrats to execute what I think is basically a coup. Um, They've attempted to remove the president, directing the vice president to exercise the 25th Amendment um Nancy Pelosi communicated last Friday with the Joint Chiefs of Staff. This has been reported by all the mainstream media outlets suggesting that the nuclear codes should be stripped from the president of the United States. Um, this is unprecedented.
1: Well what what constitutional and- authority I mean first first off, I and mean, you mentioned this and I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, Harlan, but I want to get some specifics here from you. I mean, we, we know that the twenty fifth amendment is not there. It's very clear that it's meant for incapacita- incapacitation. It's not, I don't like the president. Let's just use this as a tool to undo an election. So that's one part. But but Pelosi trying to strip the nuclear codes from the president, on what basis could she possibly legally be doing that?
4: There is none. There is none. I mean, addressing the, the point of the 25th Amendment, um, Nancy Pelosi actually has spoken a lot on this. In the months leading up to the election, You know, she had, wanted to assemble this panel to sort of explore what the uh, requirements would be for, for, for exercising the 25th Amendment. And her own panel in, in Nancy Pelosi's office communicated that it would have to be based on science and medicine, that the president was incapacitated. Um, and there's zero science, zero medical analysis uh, from any of the president's positions uh, or anyone close to the president that would require his removal let alone his, re- his removal mere days before he's supposed to peacefully transfer power. I mean, if Democrats really want this nation to start healing buck, uh, and they want a peaceful transfer of power, they should be glad that the president has come to the table in a conciliatory fashion, as he has over the last week released multiple videos guaranteeing um, that, 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 that there will be no issue handing off power to the Biden administration. Um, it is important that President Trump communicate to his supporters that this has happened. We, we don't like it. We have questions about what happened. That's behind us now at this point. The president has said that. Um, and so for the good of the nation, Democrats should stop playing games now. Should stop playing games now. they truly want to deescalate this, but fuck, I actually don't think they want to deescalate. If they wanted to deescalate, they would stop these this impeachment shenanigans. They would stop pulling Nancy Pelosi, who is, uh, you know is third in line. You know, she's right behind Mike Pence. Um, uh, in the line of secession, would wouldn't be floating these conspiracy theories about the presidents incapacitation and suggesting that the Department of Defense should strip him of his ability to defend the nation in a nuclear attack. I mean, this is sedition. textbook. What they are doing is 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 so dangerous. Um, it is it's an escalation at a time when this country needs to start coming together and start figuring out both parties. Um, how we save the country
1: and harlan you're you're a political consultant, you work on campaigns in d c and you've also uh, you're close to and know many people at the top levels of this white house including including the president uh, how How much of a concern do you have that the 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 witch hunt effect, if you will, for President Trump is going to continue even after biden's inauguration to go after people that are essentially called Trump enablers, right? You see that language used sometime, uh, sometimes. Sometimes, and, and given the hysteria the Democrats are fording right now, they're calling the president a uh, a terrorist, a leader. They're calling the president an, an insurrectionist. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we have to take seriously that they are going to come after people uh, legally, professionally, and and seek to destroy them.
4: I mean, I speak. I speak privately with. Um a lot of pretty powerful people in our movement, very powerful conservatives, people that were in the Trump administration or the campaign and very, various um, influencers on, on television and social media. And um, there's this universal fear that what the Democrats are going to do here and what they're already doing is, is punishment. They're punishing us for the Trump movement uh, in a way that we, we never, we've, we've never seen in this country since McCarthyism, first of all, um, and we certainly never saw um, when President Trump won in 2016. They're gonna go after us personally, uh, financially, um, and the repercussions are going to be long lasting. And Democrats should, should, should question the wisdom of this because they're setting a precedent that's not gonna be a pretty one, you know, which is that in this country, when we lose elections apparently, or when we win elections rather, uh, we uh, silence, the, the, the party in opposition, we can have the leader of the opposition party who will be president Trump when he transfers power, um, uh, silenced and banned from social media, banned from communicating with his followers. We'll have them uh, debanked so they can't even go out and get loans and mortgages. There are, there are a lot of people that think this is not just going to impact the president of the United States. It's going to impact all of the conservative leadership uh, and I'm talking about mainstream establishment conservatives. I'm talking about people that were pro-Trump the whole way, um, in order to teach them. To listen, and, and listen. And I think that there are various people in the establishment of the Republican Party that will applaud that. There are a lot of people that, that through President Trump's rise to power, um, they looked at this as a, a challenge of waiting out the clock for uh, for for the end of the president's administration, and that they would come back and return to the old flavor of the Republican.
1: Who who do you think Harlan is is in that? I mean, it, are are you seeing movement from within the GOP for for not someone to to fill in the vacuum that will leave after Trump goes, but that wants to revert to the party of let's say Romney and McCain uh, pre Trump twenty sixteen election win?
4: Sorry, Buck, I lost you there.
1: I just said who, who who do you see trying to revert or try try to try to uh, re- take the Republican Party. Back to what it was before Trump was the de facto leader of it. I mean, are you seeing any politicians right now that you think, oh, I, I see that they want to go back to the Bush, Romney, McCain era?
4: Well, just last, just last night we saw Liz Cheney, right? I mean, she is supporting impeachment, and um, and now she's engaged in an all-out war between the uh, Republican caucus in the House, and um, and because there are still many, 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 many. America first, um, Republicans in positions of power and in, throughout the caucus uh, over in, in the House. Jim Jordans one of them, Matt Gates. The, the list is long. Um, and uh, but you know Liz Cheney is, 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 I think she's surprised that there haven't been more people that have risen to her defense. Um, but uh, you know Mitt Romney has never stopped uh, carrying the mantle for the establishment Republican party that couldn't manage to win an election. Uh, that you know, Mitt himself led us to defeat in an election that I, I think was quite winnable against Barack Obama. Despite all of Barack Obama's charisma and everything, the economy was in dire straits. Obamacare was a disaster. He didn't get us out of, out of any of the foreign wars that he promised to. I mean, I think that, I really, really think uh, Mitt Romney missed an opportunity in 2012, and he never came to terms with it. And he resented the fact that President Trump tapped into something that he didn't realize. And so um, and, and so Mitt Romney will be one of those people. No question. There there, there, are, there are more of them, I think, of profile in the Senate than there are in the House.
1: Speaking of Harlan Hill, political consultant, strategist and and a man who knows the inner workings of D.C. Well, Harlan, the social media crackdown, which affects you and me, because we both have pretty active, have had active uh, social media presence. Are, are you seeing are, are you seeing the, the beginnings you think of? an effective resistance or or answer to this? Or is your expectation that the Google, Facebook, Amazon move here is the beginning of much more of this? You know, have they given us their best shot by locking down Parler and now they're concerned about the backlash? Or do you think they realize, oh, we got away with that one. We got more targets we can go after now, all of them being conservative.
4: Well, I think the social media companies are um, in a tough spot because uh, they're primarily made up of uh, far-left employees. Uh, Their boards are um, comprised of far-left activists, Um, and uh, they're kowtowing to uh, an incoming Democratic administration that they fear, uh, they're looking at like the Elizabeth Warren wing of the Democratic Party, that they fear will seek to break up these big tech monopolies um, for antitrust concerns. And so the reason that they're doing all of this is to keep their uh, the boards happy, keep their employees happy, and uh, to placate Democrats so that they won't be broken up over the next four years. Um, and uh, so they're 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 like a loyal little puppy that is willing to do whatever the Democrats will. So my concern is that there's gonna be a lot more of this coming. To your point, they've gotten away with a lot. They got away with banning the leader of the free world from communicating... To, with, to his constituents, you know, you, you may not like Trump, but I think one of the one of the, one of the innovations of his administration is that you you always knew what he was thinking. You you had basically a direct line to the man through Twitter. Now I don't know what's going on with the president anymore. You know, I mean it's it it, it it's it's it is it is such a uh, a dis, it has done such a disservice to the public. Um, And I don't see any reason why this won't stop. It won't stop with social media. It will impact uh, Republicans' ability to fundraise. I wouldn't be surprised if there are movements um, to uh, encumber the way in which we accept donations online. Uh, There'll be calls for Visa and MasterCard and American Express and Discover to not um, process credit card transactions for political contributions to Republicans. Um, that's, That's on the horizon, that's coming. There's already been efforts to disrupt our ability to, to use uh, email services like MailChimp, Constant Contact, to send SMS messages to supporters. This, these, are, these, are, these are critical, especially in the time of coronavirus where we can't go out and do traditional campaigning. These are essential tools for being able to, to conduct a campaign online. And, and they've gotten rid of social media, they're going after all these other aspects of running a campaign. I, I don't know what happens. Anything short of legislation isn't going to fix this. And um, because, you know, we won't have the House Senate in the White House, I, I, I don't know what we do about it in the next two years.
1: I think it's a very, and, impo- a um, very important compare? point, Harlan. I, I only I only I see this as the beginning. I don't see this as there. Yeah. I, I think it's the beginning of a lot more. And the fight is very steeply uphill for us to try to take back some autonomy and some freedom on the Internet. But Harlan Hill, everybody, political consultant, you'll see him on shows, including this one going forward. And uh, Harlan, thank you so much.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
4: Number one, there are just seven days left. What's the point? Well, uh, every day that Donald Trump's in office, every hour that Donald Trump's in office, uh, the American people are at risk and our national security is at risk. I think he's proven time and time again that he's capable of doing very dangerous things. As we sit here right now, he is the commander in chief uh, and the American people are less safe because of it. Number two. It's divisive. Impeachment is divisive. Well, there needs to be unity and healing in our country. There's no doubt about that. But in every case, unity and healing requires truth and accountability. You know, uh, people around the world, dictators and despots and and would-be autocrats, as well as the American people, need to see that our democracy will not be intimidated. It will not be browbeaten, uh, that uh, actions have consequences. And that's important for the rule of law, and that's important for our healing as a nation.
1: Oh, yeah. Healing as a nation. That's that's what they're going to tell you. It, this is going to help the nation heal. Impeaching and removing the duly elected president of the United States when you can count the hours pretty easily that he has left in office. That's that's what the the new plan is going to be. Um look, they'll say anything at this point and and they they want to go after they want to humiliate and destroy Trump as you know. And then there's the people around him too. I mean, you have Senator uh, Sherrod Brown or Sherrod Brown, whatever. I think it's Sherrod actually on uh, Josh Hawley. They want to they want to expel him from the Senate. So so it's not just Trump that they want to undo election results. They want to do this to anybody who has been supporting Trump, who is who is duly elected as well. Place 16.
0: The public humiliation doesn't seem to matter much. Even even some of their allies, their um, Senator Hawley's um, his sort of mentor, former Senator Danforth, has said that uh, he was speaking, I don't remember exact words, but that he wished he hadn't encouraged him to run for the Senate. They're they're hearing that, but the Senate as a body needs to take action. And I I know Senator McConnell won't, but we should, if he's not going to resign, which of course they won't, they continue to be like Trump and take no responsibility for anything, even though we saw their words, we saw the picture of, of Holly. Um, who George Will said there's a huge chasm between his ambition and his achievement, uh, then uh, we should take action on expulsion.
1: Expulsion from the Senate. They want to do it to Holly. They want to do it to Cruz. Uh, this this is showing you they want to expel all the Republicans. You get that, right? They're they're limiting it right now because they're trying to go after their most important and most vulnerable targets. But if they could, they would they would ban. The Republican Party right now, if they could get away with it, they have one party control of this country in their sights. That's why Biden talking about what he's going to do on immigration and and the legislative moves that you can expect in the first hundred days. They have what that is the goal. One party control. It's not about unity or healing or anything else. It's about being in charge without any opposition and they think they can achieve it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bus and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: But they're saying um, holding him accountable is different from the people who directly were involved in tearing down the doors and rampaging uh, the, the Capitol building. Well, Osama bin Laden did not enter U.S. soil on September 11, but it was widely acknowledged that he was responsible for inspiring the attack on our country. And the president, with his words, using the words fight, with the speakers that he assembled that day, who called for trial by combat, and said we have to take names and kick ass, uh, that is hate speech that inspired and radicalized people to storm the Capitol, and when you read the indictments from the U.S. Attorney's Office of people who've been arrested in their FBI interviews, they cite that they were called there by the president. They were in the Capitol because the president told them to do so. So we must hold this president accountable for his inciting words.
1: Fang Fang's paramour, Eric Swalwell, deciding that uh, he's going to call the president of the United States or, or compare the president... Of the United States to Osama bin Laden, Osama bin Laden. That's that's what we've that's what it's turned to, folks. That's where we are. This is a, 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 a sitting member of Congress. This is someone who is on the House Intelligence Committee, which is increasingly looking like it is poorly named because there's a lot of morons on it. And he's saying that that the president, in the same way that Osama bin Laden didn't actually drive the planes into the buildings, Trump is responsible for what happened at the Capitol. I I keep telling you, go back and read the transcript and you will see that it is not true that the president called for violence. He said peacefully he wanted a protest to show all the support. That's that's what he said. I mean, they can pretend that he said other things. And they can say, and, and, and I think that the fair criticisms here are when the legal options were exhausted, the president needed to uh, the, the president needed to, to, to tone it down and not try to push Mike Pence and not try to do these other things. That's where the president's judgment went awry. And I know a lot of people won't tell you that because right now, if you say the president did anything wrong, there are some people on the on the right who will, I'll never listen to you again. I tell you the truth. This is the truth show. There can be other you know, cheerleaders for all things that Trump has ever done shows, I'm the truth show. And uh, that's that's something that I'm just, that's going to continue no matter what. And if I'm doing it, you know, if I'm doing the truth show in an actual hut that we can call the Freedom Hut, in some, you know, warm place on a beach with five people listening because I'm telling the truth, then that's what it is. But I know this audience. I know the people who listen to this show and your honorable good patriots who love the country, and love your fellow human being the way that I do. So that's why I know I can speak the truth to you. And I, you know, I feel badly for the for people in conservative media who have boxed themselves into a corner where their only purpose. I mean, there's I, I I'm I'm a national security expert. I mean, I'm my my existence in this world of of media and commentary has never revolved around only being able to speak about Trump and Trumpian things. I got into this like I came out of counterterrorism work. Right. So there's a lot that we have to do. There's a lot that we're going to have to to deal with going forward. Um, but Eric Swalwell is is going back into this. Eric Swalwell is an idiot uh, and, and he's a disgrace to the United States Congress. And, and to say, I mean, I'm I'm a New Yorker, but just even as an American to start comparing this president who just got 74 million votes to a a vicious, barbaric terrorist who called for the mass murder of men, women and children um, is is heinous beyond words. I mean, this you know, they 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 compare Trump to Hitler. They compare Trump to uh, Stalin. They compare Trump to bin Laden now. I mean, is there anyone else just so they can cross it all off the list? It's it's uh, It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And that's also why at some level we should just we shouldn't give in to this. Uh, we shouldn't give into this because that will encourage more of it. This kind of overreaching, insane, unfair attack. You know, if they I've said this, if they wanted to censure the president for his comments about the election, that's one thing they're not. Do, they're not censuring. They're trying to use a, the most extreme sanction that the Congress has and even that's after they have tried to do an end run on that by just using the Twenty Fifth Amendment. It's, it's as though we're we're supposed to pretend that Trump is actually not able to to continue in the job for health reasons, which is just not true. And if you're talking about extreme, uh, you know, overstatement about what had happened, AOC is just she's representative of the widespread left wing mentality here about not only Trump, but about all of his supporters. But first, let let me start with with this Um, because she's she's on a rampage right now. I mean, AOC, who is by media standards, the most powerful Democrat in the country. I mean, she gets more attention, more focus, has more followers, more adherence to uh, hanging on her every word than any other Democrat in the United States. More so than Biden, more so than Harris. They have more political Harris, I mean, uh, Biden rather has more political power than she does. But media power, messaging, propaganda effect. AOC is head and shoulders above Joe Biden. Um, Here are some of the things that she is telling to the people who believe and listen to her. Uh, First off, uh, play clip seven.
5: As for myself, I had a pretty traumatizing event happen to me Um, and I do not know if I can even disclose the full details of that event due to security concerns, but I can tell you that I had a very close encounter where I thought I was going to die. Um, And you have all of those thoughts um where you know at the end of your life and all of these thoughts come rushing to you and um that's what happened to a lot of us on Wednesday
1: Now uh, I've condemned unequivocally and entirely the the riot and and any violence associated with the riot on uh, Capitol Hill and I'm not budging on that and I I did it from the first second it happened till now that's not that's not going to change with me Right. So anyone who's saying, oh, but Buck, it wasn't as bad. No, it was it was absolutely horrific. But what we're seeing here is the usage of that that uh, awful moment to expand beyond to use this for political purposes and tie it directly to Donald Trump and claim that he was essentially the mafia boss are ordering the uh, ordering the the soldier, so to speak, in this mafia analogy to go forward. Um, And and to take violent action. Or, you know, if he was a cartel boss, it would be the sicario, right, that that there's that Trump is responsible for sending these people in to go after members of of Congress in this way. Um, That's not supported by that. That Trump ordered this. That's not supported by any facts that we have at evidence right now. And I, I would just point to what happened to Steve Scalise and those re- Republican members of Congress. I know it was a few years ago, but, you know, there was no one in on the conservative side was saying Bernie Sanders needs to be expelled from the Senate because one of his supporters went out there and tried to and, and, and actively tried a mass murder and shot a member of the United States Congress for the crime of being a Republican. Nobody's saying Bernie Sanders should be expelled for that. So what is the difference here? Well, they'll say that Trump's rhetoric, rhetoric was more was more reckless. I mean, that's, that's a debate you could have. But when you're saying that people like Bernie Sanders, that Republicans don't care about uh, people getting health care, they don't care if you die from cancer that's treated, they don't care if your family members suffer in misery, they don't want you to have health care because they're bad people. That's the Democrat. It's never that we think there's a better, more efficient, a uh, way to deliver healthcare using free market principles with less regulation, less government interference. That's never their version of why we want a different. Uh, we, we want a different healthcare system than what they're proposing, right? It's that we don't care about poor people dying from diseases is what they say. That's their claim. Well, if that's true, you're you're saying that we're moral monsters. People are going to act on that, but we cannot blame those. Who, who are uh, are taking it upon their own in their own decision making process to act in a violent way based upon heated political rhetoric. And if we're going to do that, then every member of the United States Congress who's a Democrat needs to resign or be expelled because of their support for BLM and Antifa. And that's just the, that's just they cannot get around that. They can keep talking about it like we don't know, like we're not aware. They cannot get around that. And then you have uh, this other this other comment that we're we're all supposed to comply. We're all supposed to bend the knee on this. I remember I've been talking about how white supremacy has been expanded so much to just be a catch all term for I hate conservatives has nothing to do with racism or anything else. It's just they just use this term in such broad fashion that it ceases to have any real connection to actual white supremacy. AOC is saying, uh, you know, that that you're you're the problem if you don't think that Trump is a representation of white supremacy. Place six.
5: Because a lot of people have have drank the poison of white supremacy. Um, And that's what Donald Trump represents, just is. And if at this point you haven't recognized that and you don't see it, maybe you have a lot of work to do, too um maybe we have a lot of work to do
1: i i don't i don't know how many times we're going to have to say this but they can keep they can keep saying that the only reason people vote for trump is white supremacy it's not going to make it true they can keep saying that trump is is a white supremacist it's not going to make it true they lied about what he said at charlottesville for 4 years we know that they lied about it he did not say that he thought that the neo-Nazis at Charlottesville were good people, but wh- why would they have to lie about it if he's such a white supremacist? Can't they just use his actual statements instead of misrepresenting uh, or, or just lying about his statements? I think that's worth noting. And, but AOC, remember, it's not just about Trump. It's not just about this expansion of white supremacy as a term. They're also going after Ted Cruz, play eight.
5: And so I want to be clear to Senator Ted Cruz you do not belong in the United States Senate I want to be clear to Senator Josh Hawley you do not belong in the United States Senate you do not belong in any democratically elected seat when you don't when you do not believe that that election was even legitimate according to your self-serving claims so get out if if they had any shred of integrity, any shred of integrity about their claims, their lies, really, but their claims about this election, they would take off their t- their pin, and turn it in. You,
1: you see what's happening here. The, the demand is not just for Trump's removal. The demand is for the removal of Donald Trump and every Republican who was willing to fight for Donald Trump during his time in office. In a way that was prominent and and effective. They want Holly gone. They want Cruz gone. They, you know, anyone who was a part. I'm sure if they could, they'd want, you know, Matt Gates gone. I'm not sure they have said that, but, they, you know, anybody who was a prominent supporter of Trump. They want to see uh, lose their job because this is, as I've said, it's about the eradication, the destruction of the Trump movement in its entirety. They're not using a scalpel here. They're using a sledgehammer. They want to take the whole thing apart and just crush it and destroy it. And all this stuff, all the moralizing about, oh, this is necessary for unity and bringing us together. That's not what their goal is. They say that because it's useful propaganda. But the actual goal they seek is not to bring the country together. It's to get half the country to submit.
0: (laughs) You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: While many people on the right saw the digital purge coming, I think the ferocity of the ambush has been a shock. The major tech companies, specifically Google, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Twitter, have become absolutely brazen in their partisan assaults. They used to pretend that right of center views were mysteriously censored or banished by accident. But now they're just outright telling Americans, we decide what you can say. If you don't abide by their dictates, they will banish you from the Internet. To make matters worse, it's now clear these companies are working together. A handful of the most powerful, wealthy and influential companies on the planet have shown that they can and will unite to elevate or destroy political candidates online competitors, anybody who they decide is a threat to their messianic progressive worldview. They've become the world's most powerful censorship cartel. It's not an exaggeration to say that this is the most serious threat to free speech since the founding of the Internet. The tech giants not only control the most important content platforms online, they own and run much of the internet's underlying infrastructure. It's one thing to be told that you can't tweet anymore because of your Facebook videos or or because that or rather or you can't put Facebook videos up or that you've been demonetized, right? That's one thing. But but it's another to find out as the free speech microblogging site Parlor just did that Amazon Web Services has actually shut off your servers and put you entirely out of business. Add to that the flight of text messaging, email, payment processors, even legal services. All of this happened to Parler because nobody wants to cross the censorship cartel. And it's clear that Silicon Valley has the ability to annihilate any online enterprise with insufficiently, Left wing politics. Well, there's extreme tension around the transfer of government power right now. The first signs of the great digital purge had nothing to do with the 2020 election. We have to remember this. The social media suppression campaign of accurate New York Post reporting, New York Post reporting about Hunter Biden as hacked information was certainly a major indicator of the trouble soon to come. But the oligarchs of Silicon Valley showed us what they were planning even earlier than that with their fact checks around COVID-19. Question the efficacy of masks against the virus? Get suspended from Facebook for misinformation. Claim on Twitter that pandemic lockdowns haven't stopped the virus in major cities? Watch as your account gets dinged with a fact check for lacking context. Who determines what the acceptable limits of free speech in america today are well it's a combination of big tech's independent fact checkers who are all leftists and algorithms that unsurprisingly suppress and target conservatives and their beliefs the censorship will lead a lead this country down a dangerous path if it continues and ideas that internet elites deem too dangerous or problematic for online sharing will find other ways to spread dark conspiracies will flourish as will distrust and mounting frustration more broadly. Eventually, this suppression will boil over and we see how destructive and ugly that can be. All of this is likely to get worse before it gets better. Their ultimate plan is not to eliminate hate from the Internet, but to hobble conservatism as an ideological force in American politics. If the oligarchs at Google, Facebook and Amazon have to sacrifice our central freedom to get there, they view it as a small price to pay. And they've got deep pockets.
0: Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Liberty, truth, and great hair. Feel those funky beats. It's time for Roll Call.
1: Roll Call. Remember to go to BuckSexton.com. Check in there. I've got an editorial up today. Please do go and click. And remember, bookmark BuckSexton.com. Make sure it's a place you're going, and and you can always listen to the show on demand there. And if for some reason we get deplatformed off of our social sites, which I am honestly concerned about, you can still go to BuckSexton.com and uh, we're hoping that we're going to be able to create enough redundancy and backup for it that they, they, won't, they, they won't be able to kick us off or at least it'll take them long enough that by the time they want to, uh, they, they'll have lost some of this uh, desire to suppress or ability to. I, I just We're doing what we can with the platforms we have while we can. That's my, that's my approach to this. It's information guerrilla warfare. You got to just come at it wherever you can with everything you got. So make sure bucksexton.com is a place that you're checking in. Uh, we're posting stories there. Please also give us your email so we can create a, a direct email list with you on it where we can reach out to you with a newsletter, all things Freedom Hut. We, we got all kinds of plans, but I need you to go there to BuckSexton.com. and, and please, please do so. Uh, and like I said, make it a make it a a bookmark don't just do it once bookmark it go check we've got stories every day going up uh roll call time now jp hey buck just wanted to say as a longtime listener of your show i really appreciate you giving us the truth during this difficult time even though it's hard i agree with you we always need to stay in the fight but violence and lawlessness is not the answer and will lead down a very bad path just want to say thanks for putting so much hard work into your show in my opinion, it is the best out there, and I have listened almost every day for over eight years now. I know you said you're losing followers and listeners this past week, but I am with you. Thank you for what you do, and Shields High. JP, I'm honored, man, honestly. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, you know The fact that I'm going on people now that will be listening to me pretty soon here, we're going to be close to a decade of listening to The Buck Sexton Show, and you've been with me for all these years. And it's because of you, it's because of people listening on their station or, or listening to the podcast and or a combination of those two things and checking out our sponsors. That's why our show grows, and we, we've been able to do all the things that we've done these years, and, and it means a lot. And I would really hope that, you know, the same way that when you have a, a relationship with somebody in your life that's a friend, even if you disagree with them on something, you don't cut them out. You don't abandon them because you understand that, one – we should all approach difficult topics with some humility, but also, what about all the times before where that guy was there for you? What about all the times when you know that person stood up for you or helped you or was with you? You know, that's and 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 in a in a really, it's clear that a, a radio audience and and a radio show like this, we build a relationship. You spend time with me, I spend time with you every day, and so I hope that anyone listening feels like it's it's never about. One one decision, one policy, one thing. It's always the totality of what this has meant to you. I would hope in, in many cases every day for years or at least Monday through Friday. I mean, we do have to give producer Mark weekends off for heaven's sakes. Right. We got to get we got to let the guy have a life. You're not. you don't think we go seven days a week with the show. Right. Producer wait, Mark. Wait, you like, so we-
0: I am allowed to have a life.
1: Huh. Yeah, of course. That's why we give you weekends.
0: Oh, thank you so much. All day on the
1: week, we 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 got you all day in the Monday through Friday though. I appreciate There's no the off charity. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're weekends not even taking we off you.
0: holidays anymore. We're working on Monday.
1: Um, we we are working on Monday. Yeah, I know. Well, I wanted
0: the listener to know that. I know you're you're giving me a look right now, probably, but the listener should know we'll be here. We normally aren't.
1: That's right. We are. We're working on MLK Day. Um, we we think there's a lot of important stuff to talk about, and so. Hopefully, a lot of you will have a, a, nice, a nice holiday uh, celebrating a great American, and uh, we will be able to talk to you about what's going on in the world. That's, that's the way it is, so not, not a lot of time off for us. John writes, Buck, I love your show. I have four 40-minute drives a day to take my daughter to and from school. We listen to your podcast, as well as uh, Sean Hannity, and on occasion, Rush. I only found out about you because of the ads during the Sean, pod, uh, Sean podcast, so I gave you a try. So glad I did. My daughter is five and my son is three. I'm raising them to be strong conservative patriots, and my daughter even told her kindergarten class Joe Biden should stay in the safety of his basement. He's in cognitive decline, and you'd be dumb to vote for him. LOL. <laughs> such. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, such a highlight for me as, as a father. I enjoyed your show Friday very much, especially when you had Mike, the anarchist, on. The guest before him, he was a military lawyer, I don't recall his name, made a great point that I don't think uh, the forefathers could have ever imagined. He said, our courts aren't set up to handle elections. There's no reason they should be or it should ever get to that point, but since they're not, is there a time and place for anarchy? Love you, Buck. keeping the strong patriot you are. Well, John, so glad that you, uh, you discovered us and you're a part of the Freedom Hut now and I'm obviously in very elite company. If you listen to me, Rush and Sean, you know if I'm just going to say it. If those if those were if you gave me three if I wasn't me and you gave me three shows to listen to, it would be Buck, Rush, and Sean. So there you go. Uh, But as for um, as for what you're asking about, oh, and I'm glad you enjoyed Michael Malice too. Malice is he's such an interesting guy, and and on a personal level. I just I, I like the guy. He's he's a friend. I, I think he's a really amusing dude. He's a he's a good guy, and uh, but he's interesting. And there's so few people. I feel like these days, you know, one of the things we're gonna be able to do on this show more is I'm gonna be able to just tackle topics that I think will be of interest. We can learn things together. There's been such a a, a kind of maniacal media focus on Trump, 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 Trump. It's all Trump all the time. There's a big world out there, friends. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of a lot of roadway ahead of us, too. There's a lot to, to explore and to learn about and to talk about that still matters. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, we're going to all of a sudden I'm going to be teaching you, you know, paper mache here or something. But, you know, there's we've got to talk about immigration, the history of immigration, the, the legality, the 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 truth about how it affects our day to day lives. And, and, you know, there's there's national security challenges out there and there's China and there's so much. That I'm, I'm actually. If you're looking for a silver lining, I mean, for this show, it will be, uh, we we will be able to, because we're not all on on constant defense because of these psychotic anti-Trump libs with the whole Russia collusion nonsense and everything. We will be able to talk about a wide array of topics here, and I think we'll be able to expand into things. Uh, and and that's so. I, yes, I'm I'm with John. Um, I, I I'm glad you enjoy Michael Malice, and he's an example. I want to have more. I want to have more varied guests on, not just talking about Trump or Russia collusion or how the Democrats are crazy, but people that have specific expertise in things. Because if you're going to give me your time every day, yeah, we got to be in the fight. We got to be talking about what matters to the country, and we do. But I also want this to be a place where we're learning together. One of my favorite things about this show is that I I have an I have a constant reason to be learning and learning and learning more all the time because to serve you as best I can as the host of this program, the more knowledge and the more insight I can bring to, to every topic I talk about the better. So I get to be, you are my excuse. This audience is my excuse to be a perpetual student. And then I get to present to the rest of the class. You know, I, I, I am among you and of you uh, but also in this in this privileged position of being able to tell you what I'm learning that I think is is useful, and then you tell me, and that's why roll call. That's why we have this, and you share back that information. You tell me what your analysis, your thoughts are. So uh, you know that that's that's the magic of what we do here. That's the magic of what we do here. Oh, as for your question about anarchy, look, if if we headed into some dystopian future where where all of a sudden, uh, you know, people were disappearing. I mean, this has happened in other countries. That's a different world, and we'd have to, we'd have to talk about what we would do. But we're not there, all right? We still, the process, uh, I know everyone's assuming the process is so broken. Well, the truth is that, Joe, we, we may have lost this election, friends. Look what just happened in Georgia, all right? The, the Demo- there's a lot of Democrats out there, and and they voted. And, you know, when, when I say we may have lost this election, I, we lost, I'm not saying, but we, we may have lost it, even if you were able to find every single piece of fraud. And I know people don't want to believe this. There was fraud. Was there enough to change the outcome, even if we found it unclear and unlikely, unlikely? This is the other the the mental transition we have to make is that Trump might have gotten beat here, folks. And again, I'm not trying to say he didn't lose the election, but I'm saying even if you found, meaning that the election's done, Joe Biden's going to be president. That's clear. Uh, but even if we were to find every bit of fraud, Biden might have just gotten more votes all in, even if this was a perfect election, meaning that we unearthed all. And I'm not saying it was perfect, but if we if we found every you know, illegitimate ballot and discounted it. Look at the eight states. Look at the margin of victory in all these different states. That's where so we keep saying the system failed. The system failed. What if our candidate failed? What if our candidate failed? I and I people don't you can get mad at me. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Notice I'm not speaking definitively because I don't know. But we have to open our minds to that. And I mean our candidate failed. To win re-election, that's that's the part of this that people have not wanted to. We haven't wanted to go down that pathway. We, we, we've had this, this honestly, this mental and emotional safe space of you know there. Oh, there's the legal challenges, legal challenges, legal challenges. You know, at some point, if you've had the breakup talk. Having the, why don't I check on you? I don't know how many of you have gone through this. I mean, I'm unmarried, so I, I have had more than my fair share of single life as a guy who's almost 40 now. I've, I've had lots of dating and, you know, and like to get married soon. I'm working on it. It's, uh, it's You know, things are, things are progressing well in that front. But, uh, you know, y- you, you can set up this, I want to check and talk on, a check and talk with you in a couple of weeks thing. I know a lot of people do this. They have the breakup talk. Look, it's not going to work out. I don't think. We're, and then, but, you know, why don't, I, why don't I talk to you in a couple? Why don't we, why don't we see where we are in a couple of weeks? Let's see where we are. That becomes very unhealthy because you keep one person usually is holding out hope. Oh, this isn't really over. This isn't really over. And that's what these legal challenges provided for a lot of Trump supporters. We'll talk in two weeks. Maybe Rudy's going to pull something off. Maybe someone's going to no. Now, now we, we have had the we've had the breakup talk. We've had the we lost the election talk. That's and I and I, I derive nothing but but sadness from that reality. But it is the reality I did. I, you know, I did everything I could pushed, promoted everything I could to get Trump reelected. It didn't it, it didn't work. It didn't work. I, I people in my position, there's some we feel some degree of failure in this. You know, the, the mainstream media, yeah, there's a lot more of them and everything else, but, you know, we, we, we like to think that with a lot less, we can still beat them. You know, we can still go toe-to-toe with them on messaging and, you know, with, our, with our, the generals of our movement, the colonels of our movement, so to speak, you know, the Rush and Sean and, you know, the big voices out there, uh, that they're, they're able to match and go toe-to-toe in impact. With the messaging for the mainstream media, this time around they they might have gotten the best of us. You know, we're we're doing a real after action. We're doing a real after action assessment now. This isn't the, this isn't the time for pandering or telling people what they want to hear. We're in this together, friends. I'm gonna need you to keep me happy and sane in the months and years ahead, given what we're facing with this administration. So we can either we can either be on on, on our team here. And look at things honestly. You know, I can, be, I can be the coach of this team, of Team Buck. I mean, I can't say I'm the coach of the whole country. And pull us all together in the locker room and say, look, guys, we lost this one. How do we fight the next one? Or I can be the coaches, oh, they paid off the ref. Oh, they threw, the refs through the game and they paid off. And, and by the way, I mean, did they pay off the refs? I, I can't. But I'm not going to tell you they did because I can't prove it. I don't know that. It's not helpful. It's not helpful. This is the time for honesty and coming together. That's what we're doing here. Yes, for this show, but also for this country and for conservatism.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: All right, more roll call. We got Kyle in on this one. Buck, on Friday, you said there will be a silver lining someday, even if we can't see how yet. I'm sure Republicans felt a similar way after Nixon's resignation. But a few years later, Reagan beat Carter and usher, ushered in the golden age of conservatism. Historical analogies can give us a sense of hope, but we have to make sure we hold our head and uh, heads high and keep pressing forward in the future. It's always darkest before the dawn. Shields high. Semper Fi. Kyle. Perfectly said. Completely agree with you. Um, and that's where we should be now. Always remember who you are. Always remember that your decency, your honor, your integrity, your love of family, country, and God cannot be taken from you, cannot even be disturbed by outside forces as long as you have that internal fortitude and peace that comes from knowing who you are and, and acting within your principles and within uh, your your honor then then you're good to go and they they can throw all these things at you all these slings and arrows you will be all right and you will be better than that you'll be who you need to be chris hey buck original saturday squad here i really dig the show your commentary on producer mark's banter with you at the end of the show see producer mark they love you and not even not all of them are mets fans
2: well wow, look at that yeah hmm.
1: I'm thinking about the U.S. Capitol break in this week. Let me state first, they never should have attacked the officers or entered the building. What sticks out to me is that the protests went to the Capitol building and not the surrounding buildings. I find it interesting they went while Congress was in session. That really seemed to scare them. It brought the realization that Congress answers to the people, and in this case, the people really close to them. and puts a sincere fear into them. Uh, We saw over the past nine months it's okay to protest and destroy on Democrat terms, but forbidden for Republicans to even voice an opinion still trying to process this line of thinking. I appreciate your analysis on all the topics. I hate that the Capitol was breached for the harm it caused. And secondly, because I now fear the left will use it to beat down conservatives for years to come. Keep up the great work. Chris, really appreciate you writing in. Everybody, I I need you all now more than ever. And I also need your help to get the word out, to pass the buck, to tell people about this show. Please, even if they can't listen on their local radio yet, and we're working on that too, uh, please tell them to download the podcast, listen to podcasts. Podcast always free. You can listen to bucksexton.com. Just tell them to go to bucksexton.com. Shields high.